are back with the Break Room Podcast for episode 11. Me, Charles Carter, right in front of me, Will Doctor. We're back with episode 11, man. How you doing, Will? I think we're on 12 now. It's 11 oh, or 12. Oh, 12. No, it, uh, it's 12. Wow. Yeah, it's 12. I've lost track. How's it going, man? I'm good, bro. Good, bro. So just busy this whole week and another day in the life of what, still being a college student and you yeah, know we're, yeah, we're uh, we're counting down the days. I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, I'm ready to go too. Listen, we have a lot to talk to you about today. Um, we're gonna start off with some Rockets talk, going back and evo- evaluating the James Harden trade uh, after GM Raphael Stone has shipped off Oladipo. Uh, you know, we're also gonna get into. We're not gonna get into March Madness in depth because uh, you know we're not experts in college basketball, but we are going to talk about uh, what university of Houston and Baylor's run uh, will potentially do for college recruiting to both schools in particular, probably U of H after that, we're going to follow some things up with uh, more on the Deshaun Watson allegations and some new information from Deshaun Watson's uh, lawyer, Rusty Harden and to clean things off, we've got who's hot and who's not. Uh, Charles, why don't you get a start on the Rockets? All right, first, man, uh, I think you guys are going to get a special episode today, man. Me or Will, for the first time, are standing up while recording. Like, we usually we're sitting down for this time. But, hey, man, it's high energy today, man. Welcome to the break room. Yeah, no, it it, it, it keeps a little more blood flowing. You know, I did it a couple episodes um, when I had uh, John Doxakis and Christian Rowe in. Uh, I feel like it... It it does deliver a more a little bit more energy, but when we get to like thirty five minutes here, I'm gonna need to sit down. All right, all right. Um, okay, okay. So starting off, like we'll just explain it to y'all. So we're going into the Rockets, Rockets with a Harden deal. Uh, kind of go back into that and revisit that and talk about Raphael Stone's comments about that. So and I'm just gonna read it to you exactly what he said. I quote Raphael Stone: "I would for sure 100 percent do that deal again." Uh, Stone said in the virtual media available availability Monday, again, you guys don't have the advantages of knowing everything I know, but literally no part of me regrets doing the, that, that deal. I have not second-guessed it for a moment. Yeah, well, this question got, got brought up when uh, Stone was asked if the franchise would need to basically go through what's known in the NBA as a wholesome tank strategy, which is just years of, of losing on purpose. Um, basically he was asked this and, you know, right after the old Depot trade, um, you know, talking about a rebuild citing the hall of first round picks that, that, that the uh, Rockets received for Harden. Um, you know, when he first said this, I mean, I understand as a new GM, this is the first move you make moving the star of the city out. Um, obviously, he has no regrets. But then uh, he was asked later uh, about how, how he feels you know, about the Harden trade now that Oladipo is gone. And he goes, and I quote, I told them that it was too early. They should evaluate it in 2030. Uh you know, we're eight years away. Stone could be gone in 2030, Charles. Definitely. We see faces rotate throughout the business like socks, really. So, But going back to the old Depot deal, uh, Rockets get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and 2022 first-round swap rights. 
and, and the Heat get Victor Oladipo. So uh, what that means is that's the last active player that, that we received in that Harden deal, meaning the rest are picks. Uh, to, to go back and review the, the James Harden trade, uh, Houston got the Nets 2022, 2024, 2026 first rounders. Uh, the Bucks twenty twenty three pick and just a bunch of uh, a first round pick swaps. Um, I don't. I don't agree that you review this trade in two thousand thirty. I think you do it a lot earlier. Definitely. I think you do it right after you see what these picks are, and from Houston's point of view, you know it. This is. Raphael Stone's a long way away from winning this trade. He has to do a lot of work in the draft. If, if Brooklyn goes on and wins, you know, the next two or four championships, which uh, I'm not counting out. I, I'm 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 thinking about putting a little bet on them uh, to take it all the way this year. But if they win it all, uh, you know, if they get a little run going, we're gonna have just a bunch of 28 picks in the draft. So, uh, what do you what do you think? Yeah, no, exactly what you said. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing is that you got picks, but you got picks from the hottest team in the NBA right now. Like, they're almost going to be worth nothing. And so, and from from us, we we credited Raphael Stone early on in the trade like because James had to be moved. And so when he got picks – and because that's what the Rockets haven't had picks for a while. Like, they haven't really had a chance to get any young talent. They've always been uh, in a try-to-win-now uh, situation. But for them to acquire picks and acquire picks from the team that they acquired them from, it's you're not really changing anything. You're not really looking at any potential game changes. Not any. These picks that you're getting are going to be guys that you're prob- probably going to have to develop. And when those picks come, they are already a year two years, three years down the line. And so you're kind of going to be stuck in this perpetual state of we're going to get there, almost a trust the process mentality like Philly. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a we're going to do the best we can. That's what I'm almost getting from Raphael Stone. You know what I mean? We're like, we're going to see what we can do, you know? But it's not. there's nothing, there's nothing solid that we can – I don't say we, but the fans of Houston or the Rockets can really even stand on, really. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, especially after the fact that he said, we're not going to try to lose for years on end. Now, okay, best case scenario, you know what, we get Cade Cunningham in first in this draft. I mean, after that, well, oh, yeah, that <laughs> Cade Cunningham's <laughs> not it? taking us to a championship year one. Yeah. Um, listen, patience is a virtue. I think it's better to be honest with this city and the fact that we might have to tank for two, three, four more years. Uh, it, it, listen, it's just the way it goes. I, I think there's, I think Stone is exhibiting a lot of confidence in what the, the this city can bring in talent-wise. Um, you know, we are a high market, but uh, you know, with what's been going on in this in this city as far as sports-wise. Um, it's very dead. It's yeah, very I, dead. This is not a spot anyone's rushing to get to. At all. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, like, w- exactly what you said. It's not a spot that very many people want to land, you know, and not to really just cross sports so much, but even with the um, 
the biggest news in football is that, you know, of course, Deshaun wants Watson before his allegations that he wanted to leave the tech, Houston, Texas. We haven't really seen a young quarterback want to leave so early in his career with the team, right? They usually do that around their eh, 30s, you know what I mean? They, second contract. Second contract yeah. with Tennessee quarterbacks move, but he's doing it extremely early. Now, jumping back into basketball, um, Deshaun Watson is, what, 24, 20? I can't uh, – we'll get his age for you in just a second. But he, being a young guy that he is, I could definitely 25. see – 25. 25. Deshaun Watson is 25. Going back into basketball where players are a lot more movable than they are in football, I wouldn't put it past the realm of possibility that young players – who end up being unhappy will move at any given chance they have. You know what I mean? That's the mentality that's kind of coming into the NBA. It's been gradually coming in year by year as, you know, players have moved around. And so this whole thing that we can kind of get a hold of future players and future picks and uh, come in and bring them in and build them up and make something of whatever, it's kind of no, it's not a thing because players want to win and players don't like tanking. Think of it from the player's mindset. Who who are you speaking like me if I was a player speaking to the GM to say, we're going to tank for some years, and you're basically playing with my career as a player. I could be injured the next year. I could be injured the next game. I could be out for two seasons. I could be out for however long. And so a lot of guys won't be willing to take that risk with Houston. That's not attractive at all. And so we can definitely see that moving forward in the future because we don't see them really having anything in the future. Yeah, we're not L.A., we're not New York. At all. This is not Boston. This is hardly Philly. It's hardly. Um, you know, I I don't, you know, closing up closing up the Rockets conversation, I I have no issues any of the moves, moves that Raphael Stone has made up to this point. You know, real issues. Yeah. Got Christian Stone, seemingly has a good young front. Oh, oh Christian Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood yeah. And, and some other guys that I'm, I'm about to list. I, I just – to build a team around Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., and then Jay, and he noted Jay Sean Tate and K.J. Martin as two other building blocks. These aren't building blocks. No. The, you know, these will barely get you to an eighth seed in the West right now. Um, you know, I, I just – Putting everything together, even, you know, I think I think Raphael Stone is expecting it to, expecting to get the number one pick next year, and then magical things are going to happen. I mean, we're merely the we're, we're merely the magic, uh, you know, magic. W- with only the addition of Kate Cunningham. I mean, other than that, you know, I really just see a bunch of rookies and 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 Christian and and Christian Wood who, um, you know fighting through injuries along with the rest of this team. Yeah, and I said this a couple episodes ago, like like I said, we both like we were happy with Raphael Stone's move early moves early on. Yeah, James had to go. He had to, he had to. And then the pieces he acquired, they weren't necessarily bad. They were all just really, really brittle. And we we got on him for that. But at the same time, if they did play well, if they could stay healthy, we said that this could definitely be a trial season. At least I I believe that they could have. This could have been like a, if they do well, you can move them from other for something serious. You can kind of get serious about a real star. You know what I mean? Not just these half, 
quote unquote half pieces because they they're usually injured, you know. And so, and then Christian Wood would have been a definitely a, a huge piece. You can a huge moving piece. You can move to get somebody really exceptional, you know. But yeah, he's he still he rolled the dice with the injuries and yeah. Well, I, I don't know if Christian Wood long term injuries are going to play a factor. Well, they, not just know, him. I'm talking about with uh, well, Victor ended up moving and 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 John, John Wall, Wall, who and, you called was going to be very injury prone. Yeah, I mean, the Cousins is gone too now and. Last thing I'm going to say about about Raphael Stone, I think there is some pressure with with what's going on in Brooklyn. Katie hurt, Kyrie off and on, James taking over now. Um, did sustain a a hamstring injury tonight in their loss versus the Rockets. Uh, but I think there's pressure on Stone. I think he should maybe take the Jack Easterby route and and just kind yeah. of not say anything um, until he has some some weapons in the draft. Um, or at least targeting some free agents. Who knows? Maybe he is grouping these picks together, looking to go get a big star. But uh, Rockets are tied with the second worst NBA record um, in the league, thirteen and thirty-four. Um, and the only recent records they've been setting is a twenty-game losing streak, which is uh, which is all time for the franchise. Gotta love it. So moving on to the Texans, we'll be right back here in the break room. Stick with us. We're back here on the break room. This is episode 12. We, we have a lot for you today. We just touched on Rockets basketball, reevaluating, reevaluating the James Harden trade. Uh, we've got some Texans talk, more on the Deshaun Watson allegation, uh, more uh, on the new women uh, that have come out with Team Rusty and Team Deshaun. Uh, but first, we're going to talk a little March Madness. And like I said in the intro, uh, you know, we're no college basketball gurus by any means. Um, you know, pretty much missed out on the whole season. Uh, just now tuning in, making terrible bets on uh, March awful. Madness. Literally yeah, awful. yeah, nothing's new uh, for me. But we want to talk a little about a, a little bit about recruiting. Um, I, you know, something we're both very familiar in. Uh, but what U of H and Baylor going to the Final Four? Uh, means just for recruiting for those two schools as a whole in the state of Texas because uh, Charles as as we know even going back to our parents time and even before that it's been primarily University of Texas and 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 Texas A&M um right. as far as the powerhouses of where um where athletes want to go and play yeah man so uh exactly what Will said so Huge places. Number one, number one for any kind of sport was always UT. Even just country nationwide, it was always UT. Um, but what we're seeing with March, March Madness and U of H and Baylor going into the Final Four, it's going to do something huge for I think the state of Texas as a whole. Um, even though basketball doesn't necessarily work about like foot like the cash cow that football is, but it's going to bring so much attention and show that you can win anywhere. You know, like. I know a lot of people from our generation didn't really even know who Gonzaga or Villanova was until they won, you know, and now they're like, they're top seeds. And, well, they were top seeds. And so, um, leading on with that, 
I want to read. I want to show you just a few uh, recruits they already have, like with uh, Baylor and U of H. So, U of H, three signees they already three uh, letters of intent that's already signed right uh, for this class. Javier France, Francis, he is a three-star recruit. Uh, Ramon Raymond Walker, he's also a three-star recruit, ranked uh, 160th overall. And Javier Francis was ranked 135th overall in the nation. Uh, Robbie Armbrest, uh, I'm about to kill his name. Uh, Armbrester, three-star, three-star, three-star recruit. From ranked 212th in the nation. Now, for those that don't know, who are thinking that, oh, you know, only three stars recruits for whatever, 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 um, you might be thinking football. Football and basketball are, are entirely different. It's a, it's a lot harder to acquire stars in basketball than it is football because there's, there's so many different, you know, there's a lot less positions or a lot less positions, a lot more players, right, nationwide. For Baylor, Baylor has a signee called Kendall Brown, five-star recruit, ranked number 15th overall in the nation. The other, the other one, Langston Love, four-star recruit, ranked 34th overall in the nation. Then Jeremy Sakon, another four-star recruit, ranked 96th overall in the nation. So these schools have just reached the Final Four. These guys have already signed this before this has even happened, right? And so now jumping over the sports – Crossing back over to football, uh, those who in Houston knew about the whole H-Town takeover back when Tom Herman was back here with U of H, and U of H was hot. They were beating, they beat OU, Emmerman opening game, and uh, they were kind of just running through teams. What that did for football's recruiting back then, you got a uh, top, uh, I think it was, a t- he was definitely, I don't know if he was, I think it was, he might have been number six, uh, but Ed Oliver, who's now in the NFL, plays for the Buffalo Bills. He was a top recruit, recruited by everybody in the country, and eventually they had almost recruited almost four-star players on the regular for U of H. That's what that that's what that team did for their upcoming recruiting. Going for basketball, going switching back over to basketball. These teams reached the Final Four. U of H hasn't done this since nineteen, I think the nineteen eighties, I believe. The three decades removed, it was eighty three and eighty four. They haven't reached this this point since what Will just told in 83 and 84. This winning does something for all programs. Not only funding, but recruiting as well. People want to see exciting players. Exciting players like to win. So winning does a huge thing for the program. I think you're going to see a major boost in a lot of high-profile athletes spreading out and kind of bring a little equity to basketball, a little bit more equity. So... Just kind of keep an eye out for that. What you think about that, Will? I I agree with you, uh, you know, hundred percent. I, I think I think if you if you circle back to the recruits that Charles was talking about, Baylor slightly ahead of the curve, uh, but they've also you know they're not coming off you know a twenty year struggle of finding a new conference, um, finding recruits. Uh, you know, this has been trending for Baylor, which. Yeah. Uh, like you said, college, on the upswing. Right, college basketball talent so hard to come by. I, I actually learned something new today. I, I when you when you first bringing up the three stars, I'm I, I was just like every other listener, but then it started to make sense as you you listed some of the Bailey recruits. Um, you know, U of H is trending as far as recruiting. 
Um, yeah, and like I said, three decades removed from the days of uh, Hakeem the Dream, Clyde Drexler, Michael Young, uh, you know, leading five slam majama to back-to-back appearances uh, in 83 and 84. And, and you might be asking yourself, well, what happened? You know, where, where was the decline? Because U of H sports in the 80s, for the most part, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I got to check the exact number, but I know they're top three in in in, in men's golf right. championships. Um, had a Steve Elkington, Fred Couples, great golfers running through there. Um, and now, uh, you know, starting to trend back. But you know, where was that split with U of H Sports? Because this is, I mean, that. You know, this has been the biggest city, you know, a top five biggest city for some time now. Uh, well, if you remember back in 96, you know, U of H had a breakup with the SEC. You know, yeah. they were in the South, they were, they were in the <laughs> SEC until 96. Um, and it left them without a conference affiliation. It left them without funding. Which will kill a program. Right. And it's just been only recently. I mean, you know, 82 and 15 for U of H men's basketball in the last three seasons. Two Sweet Sixteen appearances, a huge, uh, you know, a, amount of money that Tillman Fertitta and 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 um, you know some of the other boosters, an eighty million dollar investment in facilities, um, and to top it off, you've got Coach Sampson, um, Coach Kelvin Sampson, who will be joining the Break Room Podcast um, when their run is over. Hopefully, that's the finals. Uh, but yeah, look, like you said. Uh, U of H as a whole with sports, a really nice job, um, uh, you know, basically saving the school's legacy, putting this school on the map. Finally, here in Houston, we have a university who can do some damage. Um, and then, of course, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Baylor keeps doing their thing. Really just well-rounded Baylor is yeah, Baylor. Uh, in, in every sport right now. You know exactly what you said about Baylor. Baylor was already on the upswing, and they've actually been doing their due diligence as far as recruiting and uh, balling out on all platforms of their sports, really. Um, I don't have any really re- real records for you, but you check the numbers, man. Uh, no, I, 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 I can confidently tell you if you go look at it, I know just because, uh, you know, football's in a bit of a, real, a rebuilding phase with Matt Rule going to the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, look, your, your, your coach went to the NFL – it's not something that a lot of programs can say. Yeah, it, so right before that, you had the whole Art Browse thing. Yeah, yeah, and then their you know, their star quarterback Charlie Brewer uh, transferred to Utah last year to get just a little bit more of a uh, get into a little bit more of an NFL style offense. Uh, I know their baseball team's doing solid. I got a buddy Jimmy Winston who's pitching over there, very solid this year. Probably probably going to make a run back to the back to the College World Series. Um, uh, also, I think. They had a, I think, yeah, they had a defense. I said, I think they had a defense tackle draft, and he went in the fifth round. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. Braving on Roy. Yeah, no, no, no. Baylor's. I think Baylor's far ahead. They have, I mean, a lot of talent, and, and you know, a good amount of talent in almost every draft. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's uh, that wraps up our our little spiel on you know some of the. The upcoming Texas schools, U of H and Baylor, excellent job recruiting, um, you know, and, and from the break room, hey, go Cougars in the Final Four. Yeah, and right before we move on, man, follow us on the Break Room Podcast, H-O-U, no, the Break Room H-O-U on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, man. Check us out, interact with us, subscribe to us on 
what Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all of them, all of them, Anchor, Spotify. Check us out, man. Comment. We'll interact with you. Talk to us, man. We'll see you on the next segment. Yeah, we'll be right back with Deshaun Watson. We'll see you on the next segment. Stick right with us. This is the Break Room Podcast. We'll be right back. With the break room podcast coming down, sit in, get your coffee. Well, so we're getting right into it. Texans, Deshaun Watson, allegations, civil lawsuits. Tell me about it. Well, since last week, uh, there hasn't been much from the side of Tony Busby, um, who if if people are still unfamiliar with uh with with who that is, that is uh the 21 now massage therapists who have come forward, that's their lawyer. Um, and the big new news that we have is coming from the side of Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden. Um, you know, none of the 21 women who have sued uh, Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson in misconduct during massages have brought their names forward. But on Wednesday, we did have 18 other massage therapists who have worked with Watson uh, they issued comments regarding his behavior during massage sh- sessions. Um, and, of course, all 18 were good. Uh, pretty straight-up stories about their uh, sessions with Deshaun and how he was a class act. We have some uh, saying that Deshaun, you know, was really nice, said thank you, checked with them on their way home, uh, took pictures with kids. Um you know, I, I thought a few of them started to sound exactly alike, which is what I think people were looking for with uh, with the women who are accusing uh, Deshaun. Uh, they were expecting to see similar situations. As we noted last week, uh, that's not the case. Um, these are allegations ranging over a year uh, that occurred in different places from California uh, to Scott or yeah, California to Arizona uh, to to right here in Houston. Um, very aggressive uh, allegations, um, detailed stories. Charles, uh, like I said, not much has changed. It just it's last week when we discussed that there was eighteen civil cases. Now there's twenty one. Um, you know, I I, I want to start by asking you. Uh, about the 18 women on Team Watson and Team Harden who came forth and and and, and gave these statements, um, you know, pretty in depth, talking about how, you know, ways to massage the groin and pelvic area. To me, uh, you know, me seeing explanations from these 18 others saying. Uh, you know, having to explain the the correct way to massage a groin area, 
Um, you know, it, to me, it just sounds like two lawyers going back and forth. Um, I don't know what payments involved, but going back and forth, uh, trying uh, to one up each other's stories. Yeah. Uh, what I will not forget is now we've heard from, um, let's see, almost 40 massage therapists. <laughs> um, when there is four uh, in the Texans locker room who they don't have to explain how to massage your groin. They get it done. They get it done the right way. I I, I know this for a fact. Uh, so w- what do you have to make? We're at, we're, now we have heard there, there's there's 21 allegations against Deshaun, but we've heard from over 40, um, 18 of those being good stories. But w- what do you think? 40 massage therapists? Um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think? This this is getting it's it's well it's already ridiculous like 40 women what do you need for there are like you just said there are four massage therapists already associated with the Houston Texans who are usually constantly around the Houston Texans all the time so why do you need 40 outside women to massage your groin and it's <laughs> Yeah, this this no, guy has a. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's really, you. Let me tell you what I wanted, Will. I wanted all this to be just hearsay. I almost wanted it to be a conspiracy theory and just you know just let it be whatever it is. And it's not even there were no you know no victims or survivors or anybody had to experience anything horrendous like sexual assault. I wanted that to be the case. I wanted it all to be made up, right? But. With these other 18 women saying that he was, uh, I guess, he wasn't problematic during the massage, that it doesn't, it doesn't even help at all. We were talking about this right a little bit earlier. Like, it, why do you need, why do you need so many? What, what is it? What is that for? It's, it's, it sounds like a weird kink to me. I, I don't, I don't. I, that's what I, I guess that's what it is for me. It sounds like a weird kink. You have some kind of weird fetish. I don't know to be touched or. Something, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, there's a couple, a uh, couple other kinks that apparent, apparently, uh, he likes. And um, listen, you can, you can at at this point, you can go read um, the su- yeah. the summary of, of of these lawsuits on ESPN. Uh, we got into them a little bit last week. Uh, really vulgar stuff. I mean. Uh, Basically, we'll, we'll we'll let the listener go read him. Uh, let's move on to basically, you know, at this point, at this point, the break room podcast. Um, you know, I think Charles, you can agree, it, it, it sticks by the twenty one. Um, you know, civil cases. You know, we're riding with the women until you know Deshaun is proven innocent, um, and, and their stories. I I don't know if you want to comment on that. Well. If- Okay, yeah, for me, it's, you know, I mean, it really for both of us. I know we're always, the man is innocent to proven guilty, of course. But with this new information, it definitely does pull me another way. That information didn't help him at all, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> at all. I almost would have kept that to myself. <laughs> like, yeah. um, we you know, I know we were talking about it, and with Tony Busby, his strategy was so ingenious with the, his releasing of information. He took it day by day. It was just so surgical. We're gonna just we're gonna make you look worse and worse 
and worse and worse. We're going to add one, two, three, four, five. You know, he, he released information bit by bit and made it sound more horrendous with each time. And so I don't want to be, uh, you know, <laughs> a victim of, of of the maneuver by Tony Busby, right? But now this this new releasing of information by his lawyer, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Rusty Harden. Rusty Harden. It doesn't help at all. It it, it sounds like it, even though they said that, I, and just taking for what they said, for what the facts were, they said that he was well behaved, took pictures for kids. Uh, he was, you know, he was nice, and uh, there wasn't any miscon any kind of misconduct or anything like that. And I guess taking for what he what they said, but for for no, I want to say for just for normal people, you don't need it. It would make me uncomfortable. To be massaged by so many different people, especially if I found if I I know one that I can trust, you know what I mean. Especially I'm a Deshaun Watson. I'm a uh, what 165 mil million dollar man, guaranteed, guaranteed. And so, well, for now, for now, yeah, for now. Um, but you're getting all these new faces in to massage you, and it's. It's just a really weird thing. You're not doing yourself any kind of favors, and it's and I, I don't want to say he's not guilty. He hasn't been proven guilty of anything yet, but it's almost like it's self. It's like you just sabotage yourself. I I don't know what what is like you said last episode. Uh, where is his camp? Where is his camp in all this? Where are your friends? Yeah, where where's your, David Mulligetta? Where are they? Because whoever's advising you, they aren't doing the right thing. They need to be fired. Yeah, and that that was a question that we posed last week. Uh, you know, my my opinion on where is Watson's camp? Where you know, uh, where is his agent? Where is his communication with his agent? The only thing that that where, where my mind has kind of changed on this is it, it's apparent to me that if these allegations are true, Deshaun was without a doubt scheming on the low. Um, obviously, he has, like we said, a kink towards. Uh, massage therapists, some weird kind of um, fantasy. Yeah, thing. yeah, and I, I think, you know, it, this strikes me as a guy who who maybe two, three massages a day. Um, I, I'm not sure what this. What's the standard for an NFL football player? Get, just getting work done. Just getting work done. Is, is that just it, a training room thing? It's not really a massage. You, get, you go in there, get a, get a little bit of work done before practice. Yeah, like you might go like literally maybe one. Once before practice, and then maybe once after. Really, maybe twice a day, and that's max. Yeah. That's pushing it, because really, after practice, you want to go home. Yeah, boxers so, are staying on. Yeah, you, you, boxers are staying on. You go, go hit the you go hit the cold tub, and then you go home. And so, but this guy, like, it it, it just sounds, it's, 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 it's getting real fishy. It's uncomfortable and fishy. One more other thing uh, that is interesting, just about the case in general, uh, is we heard yesterday that Tony Busby is not um, going to the Houston Police Department with the evidence. This is contradictory um, to two of his statements, uh, saying that information would be uh, all, all you know all of the evidence information would be going to HPD. There is a reason behind this, and it, it is because Tony Busby, um, you know, I, I guess found out or knew. Uh, that Deshaun's lawyer, Rusty Harden, has a relative in the HPD committee. Um, so, uh, hmm. yeah, some uh, 
some con uh, conflict of interest uh, there. Uh, this case might go on for two years. I mean, I, I don't think Deshaun's playing next year. Yeah. Um, is what I'm getting to. Ultimately, is Deshaun's penalty. What do you think, Charles? Ultimately, I mean, because we, we're, yeah, we're talking anywhere from suspension to jail. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay, at the very minimum, let's say his case gets solved before the season. He's at least sitting out six games. At the, that's at the very, very least. If Roger Goodell had his coffee, if he listened to the break room, you know, he, he took a nice shit, you know, yeah. and like, you know, yeah. uh, he watched his favorite episode of whatever, and, you know, he had and, a, and Tom Brady gets hurt. That's like Goodell's dream. Tom Brady has a season career-ending injury. You know what I mean? He blows a whole leg out, and he gets hit by a bus. You know what I mean? So, and he can never, or he hurts his hand, he can never hold the Lombardi Trophy ever again. You know, so that would probably, if Roger Goodell's in the best of moods, he will miss Deshaun Watson will be suspended six games, but if he's not, you know, I could definitely see a season if this is drug out any longer. You know, before like into the season, or if it's you know, or if he's found guilty, you know, I could definitely see. Hmm, the the, uh, well, the NFL season could start extended to, to seventeen games, so I can definitely see 12, 16. Yeah. Or, at the point that he's found guilty, we might not see Deshaun Watson on a football field again. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. You think he's done? He might be. I'm not ruling that out. If he, if all of these stories are true, oh yeah, if they are true, he's done playing football. Not even the Cowboys pick him up. I think. I think the Eagles might might have a chance of picking him up. Um, I mean, listen, if he's guilty. Uh, he's a criminal. Listen, all Philly cares about is winning. Yeah. All all the Philadelphia Eagles care about is winning football games. Uh, that whole division doesn't mind picking up like no, scumbag players. No, I, I yeah, I, I don't know if Jerry would take a shot. Uh, you know, look, as we said, as of right now, Deshaun Watson is an innocent man. Um, we're we're gonna be keeping tabs on this. Um, you know, all through the year uh, until this is resolved. Uh, let's move on. Who's hot and who's not? Charles, you can start it off. Okay. So how you want to go with this, man? You tell me. Like, who's you know, who's hot first or who's not? Which one? Which one? Who's hot, Charles? Okay, who's hot? I got For who's hot, I got Texas sports right now. I said earlier in an earlier segment that with U of H and Baylor going to the Final Four, man, they are bringing so much heat and national attention because for whatever reason, national media tends to skip over Houston for whatever whatever's going on here, unless it's like something negative like with Deshaun Watson. So whenever something's bad going on, whenever something negative is occurring in Houston, then that's when they're paying attention. But if anything positive is going on, there is no, there is very minimum national coverage. And so I'm just so appreciative that Baylor and U of H not only made the Final Four, but they're bringing national attention to uh, the city, the city itself. So shout out to them. Shout out to Baylor University. Shout out to U of H, University of Houston, man. And Texas sports as a whole, man, because hey, you're about to get the light on you, man. So be ready to perform. Okay, next, who's hot? Lance McCullers Jr., Houston's own, uh, just signed a five year, $85 million deal. Uh, he is here to stay. Um, you know, ha- has increased um, his ability to pitch well every year uh, since he's been in the league. Um, you know, some questions on injuries. Um, I'm very familiar with the work that he's done on his back, and I I have to say, 
Um, Lance is probably the healthy he's been in, he's been in his career. Um, you know, I, I I know the issues in the back have been healed. Uh, Lance is ready to go. Uh, I couldn't think of a better pitcher I'd want to, to give this contract to um, in the in the Astros rotation. Uh, moving on to who's not, I got to start off with Michael Rappaport. Um, if you're not familiar with him, you can go uh, look him up on Twitter. He's actor, he's a comedian, he's a director. Um, he hosts the I Am Rapport podcast, and uh, you know over the over the years, this is a guy you either hate or love. Uh, but has had his back and forth with Kevin Durant. Now, seemingly Rappaport thinks they're boys, uh, <laughs> but that's not the case. Rappaport had something to say about. Uh, KD not wanting to do a, a TNT interview with the crew after the game. Uh, Rappaport called KD sensitive. Um, and KD slid into Rappaport's DMs, called him a bitch. Um, <laughs> and then Rappaport stormed back with just do the interview. Uh, you know, you were up there looking like you were going to cry and shit. KD storms back. I did do the interview. Uh, called him a uh he called him a pale pasty c-word guzzling bitch um and, and he's and katie says i i swear i'm gonna spit in your face when i see your dirty ass <laughs> bet on your life meet me on 17th tomorrow at 10 or better yet what's your address so listen these go on uh all over twitter but mac mac michael rapaport definitely on the who's who's not list um, I'm expecting this guy to uh, to cancel his Twitter in a couple of days. Um, he, ju- he just lost a lawsuit to Barstool Sports later th- later in the day. Katie's going after him. I, Dave Portnoy and Kevin Durant. I can't really think of two guys I'd preferably not want bashing me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. That was oh, that was fucking hilarious. But okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So for my who's not man, we got Shaq Lawson. If you haven't heard, man, it kind of just came out not too long ago. Sheck Lawson uh, slid into slid into a porn star's DMs. If you're wondering who, Tiana Trump, right? Boom. So he says in the DM, I got to bring it to you. Hold on, let me read it real quick. He says, can I see you when I'm back, when I get back? Since I'm here, I'm trying to make you my girlfriend. Boom. Uh, okay. Uh, let's skip over the whole football players and porn star thing. It's kind of, you know, uh, with Deshaun hanging out with Mia Khalifa and Nashek lost to Tiana Trump and uh, Jimmy G with another porn star out there in California. And, you know, the NFL loves the porn star. So, you know, let's, let's, go, let's go with that. I love DMs, too. They love DMs. And so, obviously, this is what happens. So, Tiana Trump puts it on IG. She outs him, right? Shaq Lawson's baby mama, she uh, sees it, and then she uh, posted, you know, I think posted the message and said something like, uh, uh, you know, he's a deadbeat dad, and this is that and the other, and don't let IG fool you, he's weird, he's weird as fucking person. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I think the worst, what's the worst insult you can get when you're rich? I think that you're a creep. Like, or that you're weird. Yeah, or creep or snob. Snob or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, like you, you're an adult man and you get called a creep. And so, yeah, man, so that's what his baby mama said to him. And it's kind of funny that, you know. Um, He's a Texan? 
Yeah. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's a Texan and um, the new DN for the Texans, and they kind of just got rid of the arguably the best receiver in football for baby mama issues, and that's kind of ironic. But, you know, hey, who am I? I'm just a break room host. So, um, yeah, Shaq Lawson, everybody. Your new probably starting defensive end for the Houston Texans. My next one's J.J. Redick on the Who's Not. Uh, list. Um, I'm, I am a, a a big fan of the Old Man and Three podcast, um, hosted by JJ. But uh, Reddick just got traded to the Mavericks from the Pelicans last week, um, and, and and he went off um, on Pelicans Vice President of ba- Basketball Operations David Griffin, um, saying he did not honor his word um, to help put Reddick in a favorable situation. Uh, where he would be closer to his family, which of course is in Brooklyn, uh, you know. So, listen, JJ. Uh, That's a great excuse. Yeah, he, he's coming up on the end of a two-year, twenty-six point five million dollar deal. Listen, he's three to four years removed from being an efficient yeah. uh, corner three-point specialist. Uh, he just doesn't move well. Can't play defense. You're right. It is so convenient uh, as a old role player to just say, well, "You're moving to the Mavericks from the Pelicans is a, a pretty big upgrade." It, it is. It really for is. Some, for someone who doesn't make a difference to the game at all, uh, pe- you know, people would 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 uh, you know, JJ Reddick's pretty much free in the NBA right now. Um, you know, it was only a couple off seasons ago where JJ Redick uh, he didn't want to come to Houston. Hey, if he was a Rocket right now, we'd sell him to Brooklyn so fast. We Facts. love giving away assets. Facts. Um, so JJ Redick wasn't a huge fan of his complaints um, about being on the Mavericks, uh, not going home to Brooklyn, where of course you'd want to join join the Nets. Who doesn't, Charles? I want to join I the, Nets. Be on the Nets. I want to be yeah. on the Nets. Yeah, but to wrap it up, I I just think I think JJ wanted JJ JJ Redick wanted to be spoon fed uh, in this trade, um, and when when in fact being traded from the Pelicans to the Mavericks, you're you know, it the the Mavericks getting to the West is going to be extremely tough, but you're definitely on a better situation than the Pelicans in the East. No, in fact, the Mavericks are probably going to be a dark horse in this in this playoff. So. Uh, a definitely a huge boost uh, leaving <laughs> New Orleans. So, I mean, if you're ring chasing, I guess, and you're kind of on the end of your career. Yeah, go do your podcast. You know? Go do your podcast, yeah. man. Old man in the three. Hey. Hey, hey, he said it, not us. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's funny. All right, well, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here in the break room. I am Will Doctor. Across from me is Charles Carter. Uh don't forget to f- go follow us uh, on Twitter at the Break Room H O U, on Instagram at the dot podcast. Check us out. Follow us. Messages interact, man, and subscribe to us on all the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, all your other any other outlet you can find the podcast on Spotify. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We see your comments. We will definitely address them the more we see them. So check us out, man. Thanks for joining us on episode 12. We're the Break Room Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take it easy, man. We'll see you later.